106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Tripped on a cloud and fell eight miles high. I told my mind on a jagged sky. Okay, you know you guys aren't privy to all the new so uh, you know that's what you uh, that's what you pay me for. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. Yeah, let's cut through the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? I lost you $60,000. There is no one who wants to make that money back for you more than I do. There's just one thing, dude. What's that? You have to use so many cuss words. What the f*** are you talking about? Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. I woke up this morning with the sun down. Well, we're back to Jacks. I'm Tom Matt Weber on the board. SP features down one, and SP features down 1250, so we're sneaking down a little bit. We've been up this month, uh, pretty much, so a little bit of a pause here, I guess, isn't uh, out of the out of the realm, but uh, not much. It seems like the, uh, I don't know, I, couldn't, I wasn't getting a whole lot of stuff on the election last night, so I eventually uh, dozed off, but uh, the, uh, I don't know, it looks like it's, it's certainly not the red wave, although it appears that, I'm going to guess the Republicans still going to get the House, but not with the same numbers. Um, where is it? Did you see this? I, I just saw this. Brittany Griner's been moved to a penal colony. What the hell's that all about? It's uh, that's not good. In Russia? Yeah. I didn't, where's, where's a penal colony? I thought they just shipped them off to uh, Siberia. Maybe is that a <clears throat> is that a penal colony these days? I don't know. Maybe Kevin knows. Could be. Haven't been to Siberia lately, so I don't know. I hear it's cold there. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> The uh, um, that that is weird. You know, I I don't know what's going on with that whole case because normally, you know, in normal times, you know, they they might hold her, they might try her, and then at some point they'll say, okay, let her go home. Um, and uh, you know, there's 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 enough history of that kind of stuff. Um, but I'm sure this is you know she had the misfortune of. Uh, of getting busted when tensions were at their highest, um, and you know all, all of this over Ukraine, and uh, and, and you know that that's got to be what's behind this is is you know it, 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 if they can punish a high-profile person um, and uh, and make an example of her, I don't know I don't know who they're trying to convince of where they're trying to make the statement. Or if it's just you know putting a big middle finger up to uh, uh, to the United States, but um, but man, he, he, what, what's what's the thing from Blazing Saddles when uh, Mongo is just a pawn in the uh, in the game of life? I mean that's that's where she is right now. She's just a pawn in geo uh, geopolitical politics. Well, I think the people that they want for her, like wasn't isn't the guy supposed to be some <laughs> totally dis- disgusting arms dealer or something? They want ba- they want back for her. There's, uh, I mean, there, there's well, that's, that, I mean, that's tough too. You know, that's uh, so. So they're uh, they're asking they're asking for a lot, and we'll see what they get. Well, they're uh, um, well, they're going to get something, I guess. Boy, uh, 
couple of big, uh, before we get into the election stuff, a couple of nasty turns yesterday in the market. One was Disney. Here's another one of these things where I played, uh, I did a uh, little expira- or an expiration, an earnings play in Disney. Stock was 100, and I did the 97 strike, thinking I was being bearish. And here we are this morning, the stack's on 90, below 92. What the hell? Over. The, uh, they didn't like Disney. I, I, I'm really kind of stunned as I've been going through these numbers. And of course, they're, they're numbers. Bear with me just for a second, and we'll get back to the election stuff. But I'm going through these numbers, and I, I'm, I'm astounded by how big they are. And I know this stuff all ran up during COVID. And I know the market had been up a lot, you know, with the money pouring into the system. And I get that part. But the carnage that is this year, in terms of where we were on, on December 31st last year, these numbers are, are spectacular. You look at, uh, I mean, I uh, I did my Fang Plus, and I was a week and a half ago, I, mean, I don't know if you were here, where just the Fang Plus means the Fangs plus Microsoft was down pushing $3 trillion since January, since January 1st. Well, in the next six days, now some of them have come back a little bit, <clears throat> I had them down another five or $600 billion. Now, if you add... Tesla to that. Tesla's got two and a half billion shares outstanding. The thing's down two hundred dollars a share. There's another five hundred billion. And now yesterday, this crypto, this uh, FTX, it's the the people that are on uh, uh, the umpires' jersey. By the way, uh, we get there's room for stocks and jacks next year. I think after what happened to FTX yesterday, these guys, the stock was trading or crypto. I mean, Bitcoin was trading around. 19,000 or something, 19.5. They cut this deal with these people, this kind of sleazy group from offshore. offshore. Of course, uh, FTX is offshore too. They're either they're Bermuda, I think. All the stuff's offshore. So they cut this deal with these guys to essentially to add money for them because FTX is bleeding with all the margin loans, I guess. So the, the, the crypto jumps a thousand bucks like in a minute. Everybody figures out that these guys have bought the entire non-US piece of FTX for like next to nothing. They essentially have torpedoed the company. All of a sudden the thing turns around 3500 bucks in like a nanosecond. And trades way down. And there's a there's a Bitcoin that was issued by FTX called the FTT. Do you guys ever hear of that thing? Anyway, so it, it drops 80%. Costing people $2 billion. And I went through the amount of Bitcoins that are out there. There's like 20 million Bitcoins. And so, so the thing dropped at one point three thousand dollars in like a minute and a half, or maybe ten minutes. Then, wait a minute, what? Three thousand bucks or twenty five hundred bucks times twenty million? There's just huge chunks <coughs> of, of value coming off whatever people's balance sheets are, or whatever. At some point, when is this going to make a difference? Or maybe it isn't. Or maybe, uh, maybe because it went up so fast, it came down so fast. Maybe I'm going to say nobody cares. How do you not care? <laughs> These numbers are, I've never seen anything like it. Well, it, it, when you talk about it being on their balance sheets, it's so volatile anyway. How, how, you know, what value do you put on the sh- balance sheets? Purchase price, I guess, but... Oh, no. Um, I mean, the first, first thing you learn, well, first thing a trader learns, is you mark yourself to market. The last thing, the first thing you want to know when you become a trader on a trading floor is don't ever remember what you paid for anything, because it doesn't make any difference. Have you got a stock that's on your sheet just well, I, I know it doesn't make any difference to the value, but, you know, how do you value it? Um, you know, how, how, how would you value that, you know, for just for 
a financial reporting standpoint. If, if because you, it's going to change every day. It's going to change. And, 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 and I'm not talking about change every day like stocks change every day. I'm talking about you, you get these violent swings in the market at times. This, one, um, I mean, this, this one may be big, but it's, 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 not, it's not way unusual or anything like that. Um, are you, you've driven me into a, a Jimmy Stewart quick story. Um, when I before I went to work for uh, Pullman, actually at Olive Van Lines, I'd always been uh, interested in trading. So my cousin knew a guy, a guy that he had worked with at, our, at United Airlines in the accounting department. Well, they both quit to do entrepreneurial stuff, and my cousin ended up working for Zero and whatever. So, so this guy opens up a pizza joint that goes under, and a cleaning dry cleaning place that goes under. And then he meets this guy. Uh, Rich Dennis, who's a name that's, you know, everybody knows in the business. And they open up a small, they actually they buy a Monpa commodity brokerage firm on the Mid-America Exchange over in the Insurance Exchange building. So it wasn't even a full board of trade seat. It was, they, they, would, they would trade uh, corn instead of 5,000 bushel increments. I think it was 1,000 bushel. So it was like mini prices. No, it was a Mid-America Commodity Exchange. It was the name of the place. And, uh, Within two years, they had built their, com- their commissions web, and they become this huge firm. So my cousin gets me an interview with this guy. <clears throat> guy's name was Larry. I won't say his last name. I come down. I'm, I'm in my suit on the Board of Trade for, of course. Everybody's giving me crap because I got my suit on. And uh, so he's, he's showing me this, and he's, he's showing me his positions. And he's got, um, he's telling me what a horrible day he's having because he's got 3 million bushels of soybeans that are trading Eight bucks, and they started the day like eight twenty. So, whatever twenty cents times three million is, he's down sixty G. And I said, "Well, where did you buy him?" And he said, "Well, I bought him at five, but that doesn't make any difference. It's I'm I'm down sixty grand today. You got to learn that. I could have sold him yesterday. I didn't, and now I'm down sixty grand. You got to learn that. You're not a retail guy anymore when you're talking to me. Is what he said to me. And it's." So, in other words, if you could have sold your Tesla at 370 and now it's whatever the hell it is, it's on you. It's not, I don't care if you bought it at 20. Just saying. Because somehow you start counting that, Kevin. Well, I get the point, but I, but I still go back and say, okay, you know, what do you do if, you know, just from, from uh, you know, maintaining a balance sheet when something's so valuable? I, I have no idea how you account for that. Well, if, you, uh, if you're looking to have... To be hedged. Are you doing a daily mark to market? Um, a trader does for sure because you sheets every day. Um, yeah, we do for our clients. I mean, we don't have a good day or a bad day. I check every day, a couple times a day. How we're doing? Um, but the uh, I, th- I think what ha- what happens is is that you, at the very least, even if you don't hedge it, even if you don't sell it, even if you don't like that, you look and see what your. Uh, Say you got, I'll pick a number. I'll make an example. Say you got five million bucks, which is pretty cool. And you go to you go to somebody like me, and you say, okay, I want to be diversified. Well, today you can just I can just put you in, you know, the Qs. I can put you in the S and P. I can put you in the uh, Russell or something, or come some combination of all those. Maybe throw some oil in there. So I can I can buy baskets of stocks. So for a while, it's been fairly easy to get diversified. <clears throat> of course, you're still in the market, but you're diversified. But instead of having to, well, let's, uh, let's do, you know, 
200,000 IBM, 200,000 this, 200,000 that, which is really tough. But say you did that, and there weren't any indexes, and all of a sudden you've got 10 stocks that you think as you diversified. Okay, now at the end of the year, no matter what the year is, you're going to hope you have three or four wild winners, maybe three or four that don't do anything, and there's a couple that are going to be down. I mean, unless it's just some incredible year up or down, if you're diversified, they shouldn't all move the same way, to the same extent at least. You hope they're all up, but at least you'd be, you'd be stunned if they were all up the same amount. Anyway, because then you're sitting there going, am I really diversified? Well, at the end of the year, suppose one of them is a wild winner. So now the 200000 has become 400000 So you start the next year and you say, well, I want to be diversified. And you say, well, okay. But now the one that's down is, is 100000 and this one's four. You, what you do, you have to, well, you know, in order to maintain your diversity, you would, we would want to rebalance, which is the hardest thing in the world to do with a retail trader because you, you're saying, wait a minute, you want me to sell my winners and, and buy more of my losers. And you say, well, you still like these stacks sort of all the same. Yeah, but that one's a winner. Well, yeah, but that was last year. I can't trade last year for you. I wish I could. I'd do very well with that. we got to trade this year. Yeah, but I still want to sell my winner and, and buy more. Lo- it, 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 it's, very, it's very counterintuitive. I get it. But then you, that's why you end up with this portfolio. <clears throat> I have guys that I talk to in some of the sub-places I do work with. They're not here at, at PTI, um, but I do... Um, management work for them. The people here at PTI do management work for them. Actually, Wall Street Advisors does. Um, they're they're ninety five percent Apple, and they love it. What do you mean? It changed my life. It's Apple. Whenever I get money, I just buy more, and it always goes up. Yeah, but you know, always is a long time. I mean, I, I get it. A few years ago, or many years ago, when Steve Jobs comes back and the things trading eight bucks, man, I would, I'd be all over with you. But now it's not eight bucks. It's a hundred. Well, it was one hundred and fifty, and now it's not. I mean, do you really think that over the next 10 years, you want every everybody your money in Apple? I mean, name me, name me five stocks that have had f- three good decades in a row. I, I, you're hard-pressed to do it. I don't think I could do it. There's a couple. But uh, I'm just saying it, 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 it's, it's harder than you think. So when somebody at the beginning of the year has a, an account that used to be 500000 and now it's a million five, and they've got two stocks in there, yes, the question is, how, how long do I want to ride this bus? Do I want to diversify? Do I want to get rid of some of these, buy something else? Do I want to protect it by some puts or maybe even sell a call against it? it the answer is I'm never going to touch it anywhere because it's always going to the moon. It's just really tough, Kevin. It's just really tough. And it's hard to argue about. It's hard to argue with. And, of course, if you say something, they actually do sell it, and it goes up some more, then you're the bad guy. It's, I mean, it's, it's difficult. But the fact is there's, there's probably, if you count the Bitcoin now, three and a half, four trillion dollars out of people's brokerage accounts in the last 11 months. It's just a no stocks. Now, now, of course, if you had the oil stacks or the other ones, they've had a huge year. But you couldn't have, I mean, I can't even imagine what it would have taken two years ago for me to take somebody out of Apple and put them in oils. You'd have swore, the guy would have swore I was trying to steal from him. Yeah, what's going up? Oils and the other stuff's going down. I mean, it's, you know, it's not easy. I'm not, I'm not saying it's easy. It's, it's very difficult to have these conversations with people. Because they really don't want to listen. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay. I had. Uh, I asked the question. I got my answer. <laughs> well, uh, you, when I started uh, this one group, it was uh, the fall of uh, 2018. I started with these guys, and the market just had a big. It was after the uh, what the what they call it, the taper tantrum, and I started putting some people in diversified, 
and we were buying the, uh, I said, well, oil's way down here. We probably should buy some oil, which is the uh, XLE. The XLE was trading 30. Well, the rest of the market starts to go up, and we got these oil issues, and the XLE is actually down. So it went from like 30 to 32, where we got people in. No, we, we were selling some calls. We weren't, we weren't down very much, but the rest of the market is starting to go up. Every single person, maybe the 10 I had in there, called and said, you got to get me out of this XLE. I, don't, I mean, I want to be diversified, but this is this is just a clunker. The swell's going nowhere, and uh, blah, blah, blah. Well, the XLE is now uh, 92 and all the rest of the stuff is, you know, maybe unchanged or maybe not even. Maybe it's all down. So it's, you know, you... But the well, you day got people calling you saying, why'd you take me out of the uh, Last week, a guy said, we got to get in some of this oil. And I'm sitting here, I, 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 have, I have a real hard time buying it here. And I, I don't know how much higher oil's going to go, especially if we're going to go into a recession. So I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Am I going to be in a position of, of selling it at 28 and buying it at 92 and have it be in 60, six months? I really don't want to do that, but... You know, it's anyway. What? Well, and 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 I believe we are looking at a recession too. I, I you know, when I, I talk to people here, and you know, uh, you know how I feel about the local economy, and and, uh, and and how, you know, how it's different from most, and it, you know, it, um, but I, I have, you know, I was just talking to someone the other day. He said we're we're all we've already scheduled um, down days, closed days. Um, and uh, you know we don't think it's going to be as bad as uh, 2008 and 2009, but um, but we see it coming, and uh, you know we're just trying to hold off as long as we can without laying people off. I'm uh, I'm with so you, boy. We, we are seeing it, and uh, I, I guess that's the silver lining for the Republicans is uh, if they don't get the Senate, um, they they're not going to be uh, they're not going to be able to be blamed for the recession. Well, maybe, well, maybe. You know, so. Otherwise, it's going to be you guys. You guys, you guys took over, and all of a sudden, everything went to hell. Um, I don't think they're going to be able to. <laughs> at least, they're not going to get that blame. Well, do you think it's possible? And it's not just. Uh, um, I don't really care who gets the blame. And the is it is it possible for our our population to open their eyes just a little bit and realize this is a fifteen or twenty year phenomenon? No, because our population doesn't is not uh, well educated in economics. What are they educated in? Um, um, phones. Oh, so get a load of this. I go to the. Why do I always? I get stories everywhere I go. I'm driving home, Kevin. This is just. <coughs> I wish we'd had the contract because I'm sure we'd be rich. We we went back to the the ballots here where you fill in the dot. Like we were taking the SAT test, and we had to bring your number two pencils. Um, anyway, the so I hear on the way home because I hustled home to vote. You know, there's problems with bleed throughs. I go, what is this guy? What is this guy talking about? So I go down the block to the polling place, with a whole fifty yards. Nobody. Well, actually, there are two young ladies in front of me, um, both attractive, not that I noticed, and they both had changed the addresses. And the lady says, well, do you have like a, something with your address on it, like a driver's license or a utility bill? They both pull out their phones and start showing her something on the phone. She goes, I'm not going to look on your phone. I don't care what's on your phone. Do you, do you have a piece of Id- identification? And they both, they could not, it took them both like five minutes to realize, i got to reach in my wallet for something else. <clears throat> this lady is not going to look at my bank statement online or something. I mean, they had, everything they did in their life was through that phone. You can just tell. They... 
finally they dug out their driver's license. The lady was like, was that so difficult? <laughs> so then, so then I go apparently over. Apparently so. Apparently, so then I go over and they give me the two ballots, and I got the, my pen, and I, I because I had heard on the radio uh, about this bleed through thing, I I pulled the second ballot out, so I you know so. I, I fill in all the circles on the first first side, and I think I maybe only voted for one person to one, which is my usual shtick. Uh, I turn it over for the other side. All the stuff had bled through, like if <laughs> it totally had bled through. I mean, how, don't they test this stuff? I mean, who do with a pen country? Fortunately, we've gone high tech, haven't we? <laughs> well, fortunately, the, the 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 circles on the one side when you turn it over didn't line up with the circles on the other side, so I don't know if it did any damage. But now there's this big black mark right in the middle of the person's name. <laughs> well, how, how could they didn't test this at all? I mean, I, I, I can't get over it. But <clears throat> anywho, the uh, explain to me, Maddie and I were just talking about the way in. Why you have a list of thirty judges running for office and not one of them is opposed? What is the point? This is not the retention bill. They're actually running. Joe is running against Well, a lot nobody. of people talk about the uniparty in Washington, but the real uniparty is in Chicago, isn't it? There's just one party. My state... And so what, what the party slates is what the party gets. My, my uh, state rep and my uh, state uh, well, the senator, for those that don't know, Chicago or Illinois has, what is it, maybe 50 Senate districts? And each one of those is split in half. So there's two reps in every Senate district in the same spot. So, so we were we used to be we we're in what we're the tenth uh, rep district, but we're in the we're in the fifth. The fifth Senate district has the ninth and tenth rep districts in it. That's the way I understand it. So we actually have 59 Senate districts. Right. So that makes it 108 reps. 118. 118. Yep. Oops. Oops. Uh, so I look in the trib before I go, and the trib, of course, has no. They don't have a, uh, an endorsement for my districts. I'm going, well, why the hell is that? Well, of course I get there. They're both on a post. So there must be two bumps that the Trib does not want to endorse, but they're, they're going to win anyway. So I got that going for me. Uh, we've got the judges that they're totally unopposed. Then there's the retention judges, who I voted no for all of them, because they milked the COVID for two years, and that's why they have the people are back out on the street and why nobody can get a conviction, because witnesses have disappeared over two years. Um... So where did that lead me, Kevin? Nowhere. I refused to vote for Preckwinkle. I couldn't vote for Jay Pritzker. So the Libertarian. I was going to write in Maddie Weber, but I wrote it for the Libertarian instead. So where does that lead me? I did vote for Tammy Duckworth. Um, it leaves you at home, going to bed early, and not worrying about staying up for election results. Well, so then I walk out, and some lady, <clears throat> she says, uh, we're talking about smart. She's trying to run for alderman, which, of course, is not for another couple months. So she needs signatures. Well, I guess if you're ever going to get signatures that are legit, you want to come out of a polling place in the district because they're pretty hard to... If people are already on the voting stuff inside the ward, it's pretty hard to to com- combat those, although somebody will. She says to me, I know you. I see you up at the Tripoli Tap. And I go, I've never been there. You know, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> she goes, Look at me. boy, there's a guy up there who looks just like you. I said, no, that's me, for God's sake, of course. <laughs> but she's very nice. Uh... And I, or, or if I mentioned, you know, I told you, Eric's uh, significant other is running for uh, the fifth ward down in Hyde Park. Um, I hope she wins. I mean, I don't know, maybe I don't know how I can help help her down there, but uh, she's really something. I mean, I would love to see her win. Plus, with Eric as her conciliary, I don't know how you get any better than that. 
Um, I'd love to see those guys win. But uh, anywho, um, what did you make of this whole mess yesterday? I mean, well, um, let me see. It looks like they're going to be status quo in the Senate, just like I predicted. <laughs> oh, wait, no, I said 53 to the Republicans. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm a little surprised. There, there was a, the, only, the only red wave um, that really happened was Florida. Yeah. And, uh, and, and both uh, Rubio and DeSantis won by huge margins. And um, uh, and and they flipped a whole bunch of uh, uh, house seats there, but uh, not in the rest of the country. What amazes me is a couple of the governor's races, including here in Michigan, but also uh, uh, Wisconsin, because uh, it, it, it's we're not that far away from um, COVID, and both of those governors were so reviled for what you know the things that they did during the pandemic, and. Uh, and, and in, uh, here in Whitmer's case, uh, not only did she refuse to take any of her actions to the legislature uh, as required by law, because in most states, um, the um, the governor can declare a state of emergency, but it expires after a certain amount of time, uh, 30 days, 60 days, and then you have to go to the legislature, because the whole point of the state of emergency is to mobilize things for something that's happening right now. You know, like uh, a tornado hits or a big storm or some, you know, wh- whatever, um, and uh, some kind of some kind of disaster. And so then you can mobilize resources, and it triggers some kinds of funding and things like that. But it, it, it in most states it will expire after a certain amount of time, uh, so that you uh, so so that the, you know the governor now has to work with the legislature, and any any problem solving is done through the normal you know through the representatives of the people. think sneakily behind some of these close elections was this abortion issue to a little bit i, I think he's right i, I think it's wait it's a minute don't tell me right. than certainly than i thought it was going to be yeah, don't tell Matt he's right for god's sake it goes right to his head okay well he, he's <laughs> a lucky guess um the other thing is i want i really love an answer from the Bodie is uh and for myself to any of the listeners what do you think how long is the collective memory of the population right now SP Futures down 10, NASDAQ Futures down 26. Be right back, Stacks and Jacks. Do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. 
Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Stocks, jocks, Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Alman, Matt Weber on the board. SP Futures down 12.50. We're leaking a little bit. NASDAQ Futures down 36. Dow Futures down 145. A lot of that's Disney. Uh, down, I haven't seen Disney down at... Uh, where the hell is it? It's it's a 92.34. I haven't seen it there in, in a while. You kind of get used to seeing it over 100, but uh, not so today. Uh, evidently, a lot of the streaming stuff, not so good. The parks were okay, I think, but the streaming stuff is, uh, I don't know, I guess there's a lot of competition there. Many know better than me, but evidently they, they can't all be winners there. Over in Europe, we got the DAX down 81.6, FTSE down 24.3, Kek around down 20.3, so down a little bit over there, but nothing major. Asia, Nikkei down 155.6%. Shanghai down 16.5. Hang Seng starting to turn around here. They've been rallying up, but they were down 199 last night. That's 1.2%. That's 16,358, but still quite a bit above the 14.4. Let's hope bottom over there. They did like two weeks ago. Bounced off that real hard, but now we're leaking again a little bit, at least today. Uh, Bonds unchanged at 4.12. The Bund down four basis points, 2.22. Japan unchanged. Oh, actually, they're up at 0.26. Uh, They've been budged up from the 0.25 they've been every day. Oil down a buck $2,390, 87.38. Brent down 117, 94.19. Natural gas down 28 cents, 585. And uh, I don't know, if Kevin and Matt, if you guys, they got all these natural gas, liquefied natural gas ships, like just scooting around in northern Europe and not landing because they're waiting for the price to go up. What the hell is that all about? Arbob down four cents, 259. We've got gold uh, down 480, 17.11, but over 1700. Silver down 12 cents, 21.37. Copper down 5 cents, 363. We've got Bitcoin again. This was the big story yesterday. They settled in at minus 466, 17,768, but we were 20,500 yesterday morning, so it's down 3,000. It's down a solid 15% from when we last talked about it yesterday morning. And this, whatever this FTT is, lost 80% of its value yesterday, which is. Billion dollars in market cap, so they're kind of hurting. 
uh, over in uh, the U.S. dollar. Uh, got the euro is now above one dollar, so the dollar is down again today. And the uh, British pound is 1.145, say. So uh, that is uh, that's down as that. Those are both down. So the dollar is actually up a little today, but the dollar is really down yesterday. So it's up and down, up and down. Uh, what do you got for us, Trevi Weather Sports? 36 minutes past the hour. Good morning to everyone out there. Uh, surprisingly, we have a bunch of crashes already this morning, uh, even though it's not raining and it's uh, early on a Wednesday. But uh, for whatever reason, we have a crash on the Dan Ryan local lanes inbound side right at the Stevenson Expressway exit 53C. That crash has been moved to the right shoulder uh, just north of there on the express lanes on the Ryan. Uh, this is on uh, the southbound side at Garfield Boulevard, exit 57B, there's a crash on the right shoulder. And if you're coming uh, inbound on I-57, there's an accident on the left shoulder just before 103rd Street. So three crashes there coming in from the south side. Now, if you're coming in on the Stevenson, uh, outbound side first, there's a crash on the Stevenson at Kingery Highway, which is uh, Route 83. That crashes on the left shoulder. And then on the inbound Stevenson, uh, just uh, northeast of there, there's a crash before I-294, exit 277B, that's blocking the right lane. So solid traffic on the inbound Stevenson because of that crash, and it's just kind of a nightmare out there if you're coming in on the south and southwest sides. Eisenhower's looking okay, normal traffic volumes on I-290, same for on the north side expressways. Eden's looking good, same for the Kennedy, Lakeshore Drive's quiet in both directions. Everything else all quiet out there. Weather today, another a beautiful day. We're going to have, uh, looks like, maybe two more of these days, and then we'll uh, cool off significantly and be, and be in the mid to upper 30s in the weekend. Uh, but today, partly cloudy skies, a high of 68, which is about uh, 15 or 16 degrees above normal, Chief. Right now it's overcast and 51, going up to a partly cloudy 68. For our Phoenix listeners, rain in the forecast and a high of just 65. That's right, it's warmer in Chicago than it is down in Phoenix today. Right now it's clear and 57. In sports, quiet night last night. Uh, most of our teams were off. The NBA was completely off for Election Day. Uh, Bulls are back in action tonight, hosting the Pelicans at 7 p.m. The Suns are at Minnesota to take on the Timberwolves. That's 7 p.m. Central Time tip-off. Uh, in hockey, Blackhawks were off last night. They're not back in action until tomorrow night, as they'll be in Los Angeles to take on the Kings. The Coyotes did play last night. They beat the Sabres 4-1. to Chief. You hear about the guy last night who got rolled over his wrist with the skate? Yikes! No. Yes, it was. It was. Uh, I don't forget what team it is. Looking, looking under gruesome hockey injury. The guy, he was on the ice, and the guy couldn't stop and roll over. I guess he was bleeding all over the place. He's in some hospital. That's kind of scary. Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, so my, my, I guess my question, Kevin, to you is, um, you and I um, are, are of a group that if somebody does something, we're a total sleaze bag. It's, we're, we're not going to forget it because we don't think. Leopards change their spots, but in in uh, Illinois politics, and I'm going to ask Mr. Weber, and he doesn't have to tell me, but uh, we had Karen Reeves on a few weeks ago, and she was talking about when her grandmother was escorted to the polls, she would come home with a a turkey and a pair of pantyhose, where there was the prize from going to vote the right way. Back in those days, when you could just grab the Democratic lever, and you, you never saw that many they, these machines. They, I didn't realize that they made pantyhose that fits turkeys. Um, the pantyhose, I think, <laughs> might have been for her, but you know, <laughs> just just saying. Oh, okay. Uh, but okay. in those days, Maddie, you had this big machine, and you could go through and you could vote like for Pritzker, or there was a big lever on each side. You could just hit pull the one thing, and, and the Democratic lever, all the other buttons that were Democrat on the machine would go down when you pulled the one lever. So you could you could get out of there in about a second if you wanted to. <laughs> uh, anyway, so 
in, in the last three weeks, I mean, politics doesn't change. Illinois has gotten Pritzker, who I, I mean, again, I can't stand him in, but the Illinois has gotten uh, so much money from the federal government that they've actually made a stab at some of their pensions. They allegedly have paid their bills. Now, this is money we're all going to have to pay back at some point to the federal government, but they've just shifted it around. Wait, wait, wait. No, it's free money, Tom. Sorry. I know, yeah. Well, everybody has also gotten a check. Why why is not one newspaper, not one any place say, wait a minute. (laughs) When when, when you're running for office and you send everybody a check two weeks before, are are we that stupid? I think the answer is yes. I mean, the the story where you get, what, you got 50 bucks per person, and then if you actually had uh, paid taxes last year, you got more. So without having to answer, maybe I got fifty bucks because ju- I'm just just me and I'm renting. I'm going to say you got four hundred. I think I got a hundred. Oh, so you didn't pay? Okay, you didn't pay last year's taxes then because you're in arrears on the taxes, right? Um, I don't know. I got a rock. You should have. You should have got one hundred fifty because there's three. Yeah, yeah I, I think I only got. I think I only got a hundred, and Jill said she didn't get anything. But we'll have to do a deeper dive accounting of this. Well, you should have at least gotten. 150 because the little one counts. I don't know. She was born well, in 2022, so I don't know. Oh, okay. She'll be, all right. So I don't think she, she does. counts yet. All right. So my one of my buddies called. He got 500. He lives out in Napertucky, and there's three of them, and got 350 for that. I think he, he could have got a max. So, like, so you're, getting, you're getting a check two weeks before the election with, with Mendoza's, the, her name on it. I mean, I mean, rest of the world's going. Wait a minute, I never got a check from anybody else. He's, he's running against some farmer. I guess I'll vote for him. I mean, I, the collective memory, I'm going to say, Kevin, everyone remembers that check a lot more than they remember the COVID. Just saying. Yeah, maybe. Although, in, in, at least in Chicago, I think you have people who are savvy enough to say, thanks for the check, sucker. I'm still voting how I vote. You know. Well, I mean, you would. I, I, think most, I think most people don't get a physical check, and it's just a direct deposit, like I like for me. Um, you know, because if you pay your taxes uh, with direct deposit, which people that use TurboTax, tip, you know, typically would do that, uh, you don't know where that check came from. It says IL, it says like IL relief, something something, and, yeah. and that's it. You don't know. Wh- there's no political affiliation to that check when it when it hits your direct deposit. Well, I am I I file my stuff electronically, but I still send the check in and I get a, a check. So yeah, they don't have my bank number, so I actually got the check with Mendoza's name on it and. Blah blah blah. I mean, but I think if it's three, four, five hundred bucks, you're gonna really, you're gonna say, "Where did that come from?" And it's gonna come from Uncle Uncle Jay, right? I, I mean, yeah, I guess I never thought about it. I mean, like I said, I didn't even notice I got it, and then you you uh, you said so, you know expect something to come, and then I all of a sudden I was looking last week, and I had a hundred dollar deposit from Illinois, and I assumed that's what it was. Yeah. Well, the check looks better with everybody's name on it, you know. <laughs> Just Certainly saying. wasn't five hundred though. No, I, but I think if you, well, if if it would have been next year, the little one would have counted. So that's one fifty. And if you'd have been on the tax rolls, it was somewhat of a of a property tax rebate on top of it. So I, you'd have been in the three fifty. Yeah, and I bought my place in twenty twenty one. I don't know if that. Well, so you not you're, in arrears or what? Yeah, it's in arrears. So you, the, that means last last year the person you bought it from probably paid those, and you had to pay them at the closing. Right. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. But I mean, it got up to like five, six hundred bucks. So we went from a state that was absolutely destitute to one that's got nothing but money and sending you checks under this guy's watch, even though it was a check from Biden. 
and maybe maybe from Trump too. So I mean, I, I mean, what the collective memory? I mean, how? I guess people could could still be pissed off about the businesses that were no longer there because of COVID. But at this point, who cares about them? We go somewhere else, right? I mean, I'm just sort of yeah, playing. It's it's like Matt, you know, uh, sending me some money that he took out, you know, took out of your wallet, and uh, and me being very grateful to Matt for doing that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And I would be. So do it, man. Yeah. So it's uh, <laughs> God. So I mean, yeah, it's. I mean, it, it, I mean, politics doesn't doesn't really change much. I mean, uh, but Maddie, why don't you expand a little bit? I think you're right about the, uh, um, the I'm going to say the Clarence Thomas issue that somehow or another he he just by himself has a lot of not just women but people convinced that here's here's some people in this party just want to tell everybody what to do. Now, in fact, the Democrats probably. In the last eight years, have told people more what to do more than the Republicans. But I think that the government, for whatever reason, on both sides, uh, really feels like they they can tell people what to do with their health. And and this is something that, uh, whether it's the vaccine shot that pissed a lot of people off, or it's the you know certainly the women's reproductive rights and all the stuff that goes on with uh, with uh, you know abortions and miscarriages and and all of the stuff that women deal with that some in in some cases guys don't even know about. They don't want Uncle Sam telling them what they can and can't do and who they can talk to and, and what that person can do and, and so on and so forth. And um, I, think it, 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 I think it pisses people off more than maybe we even realize. And I know women that are close to me that uh, are, come from conservative families that have always voted Republican and said uh, in instances where they're publicly you know, anti-abortion or anti-women's reproductive rights, they're voting no against them across the board. And they might re- vote Republican in every other category, but anyone that was outspoken about that uh, got a, a negative vote from them, I which I've never yeah. heard that so, before. So let's let, let's backtrack a little bit here, though. So you know, first of all, what was the Supreme Court's decision about? Because to to listen to a lot of politicians, you would believe that the Supreme Court took away the right to an abortion, and in fact, the Supreme Court kicked it to the states. So they didn't they didn't kill anything. They didn't make anything illegal. And the, the, what was behind the lawsuit in the first place, and while it, why it was an ill-advised lawsuit, um, it was uh, it was uh, a group that wanted to su- they wanted to sue the state of Mississippi, but you can't. So instead, they sued the administrator of the department uh, that had to implement the uh, um, implement the restrictions that the legislature passed. And the biggie there in the restrictions was that uh, um, abortion was uh, made uh, illegal after 15 weeks. Okay. So, um, you know, in in United States, up until then, and there were some states that had uh, li- had similar limitations, um, but up until then, the United States was one of, I think, seven countries in the world um, that did not uh, blanket have a, uh, a restriction where it's, you know, where abortion cannot be uh, performed after a certain number of weeks. Even all the European countries don't. I mean, we, we were in, in league with countries like North Korea and China and, and so on. Um, and, and in fact, if you talk to a, a lot of people who don't want to see the uh, right to an abortion taken away, but say, well, should you be able to get an abortion in the last trimester? Should you be able to get an abortion after 
22 weeks or 20 weeks that most that you know that polls differently than should you be able to get an abortion yes or no um, because I think most people understand that at some point you have you have a baby in the womb even if you don't believe it's at conception so you know it, it's been framed as they took away your right and in the court case the court simply ruled and this is what threw out Roe versus Wade the court simply ruled that the state does have the right to regulate abortions um, and and so it was it was a foolish case to be that uh, that they brought because they planted their flag someplace where they probably weren't going to win and uh, and and okay so that brings us up to the political season now there are a whole lot of politicians on the democratic side who were absolutely afraid to say any restrictions uh, uh, should be, uh, you know, uh, uh, they, that any uh, restrictions were okay. So, you know, you had you had a number of them who were, you know, of a mind that, hey, you know, the day before uh, the day before you're supposed to give birth, if you want to have an abortion, you can. Um, and and I don't think that's where the population is, but it's been framed that way. Now there are also some states that had no abortion rules, and those kicked in immediately upon Roe being thrown out. And I think that's where you where you have your battleground uh, is that there there are some states that where right now you you know you it's illegal. I think Indiana's one of them. I'm going to say Kevin that you I agree with you on on a lot of the content, but I think you're you're really fairly off on style points because it it allowed some people on the Supreme Court who I think were put there for the entire reason, and, and and promised the people who put them there that the first chance they got, they were going to overturn it, and I sh- they showed well, their strength. Maybe Tom, but it doesn't matter. Okay, they had, you know, there was a legitimate case. All right, but let me, let me, like let me, I said, it was a foolish suit, and the people who brought the suit knew the makeup of the Supreme Court. Okay, but so it, it was it was just I, tactically stupid. I, I, okay, so um, say it was. The, what you did was, if I'm I'm speaking of uh, uh, Maddie's wife, uh, who was, by the way easily on my list of top favorite people. Um, I'm going to say in, in, in their... Well, I'm speaking for females, so I shouldn't be doing that, but in their mind, all you did was unloot... Un, un, it was like, what, what did uh, Shakespeare say? Cry havoc and let loose the dogs of war. You let loose every other ridiculous uh, old white guy in every state that's conservative that now has picked up this torch and is sounding like it's his... You, you, well, that's why Darren Bailey. Yeah. I mean, Darren yeah. Bailey here had no chance. I yeah. think a lot of people would have loved to uh, had someone competent run against Pritzker, but you come, you know, like Kevin said, it's completely banned in Indiana. I I, I agree with Kevin. I'm fine with picking a number. That, Me too. That uh, whether it's you know 16 weeks, 12 weeks, 20 weeks, I don't really know the science, but whatever that number is makes sense to me. I don't think anyone wants healthy babies at eight months, <laughs> you know, getting yeah, terminated. See, so, so you have people on both uh, both ends of the spectrum who are absolutists and uh, rather than willing to take a win when you have one. Right. So, um, you know, it's, it, it's like you, you have people on one end who are saying no restrictions whatsoever, and you have people on the other end saying no abortions whatsoever, well, you know what? Um, personally, I'd be real happy to see no abortions whatsoever. However, um, I am willing to take a win and say fewer abortions, in my mind, is a good thing. I'm with you and on that. Abortions past 15 weeks, 16 weeks, I, I don't care. You know, you, you have uh, 
babies being born at 20 weeks now and surviving low survival rate 22 higher survival rate so you know it, the, the science is on the side of some restriction somewhere um, and, uh, and, and 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 so people you know I think from just looking at it from political tactics it's a foolish move to be absolute I'm just and, Kevin, uh, we're arguing about two I different think things. There's a price to pay for that, and we saw it. We're, we're, we're arguing about two different things. I think the three of us all agree that some sensible date makes sense. And it, and yeah, but I'm talking about it as a political but I'm strategy, saying, too. The last thing, if you're, I'll put words in her mouth, the last thing you want, if you're Jill or her, anybody like her, is to have a hundred Darren Baileys or all the other people that have risen up in these states telling other people what to do. And if there's a and if there's a, uh, if they want to err on something, they want to err on a guy like that not telling them anything. And I think that's Maddie's point, and I, I actually fully agree with. Yeah, that. they're they're like, I I don't want this a person like this sniffing any sort of power because yeah. who knows what's coming next. It's 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 just like the Second Amendment people. They they don't want to give an inch because they they worry if you give an inch, they'll, you know, they'll take a mile. It's the same thing. And everyone's an absolutist. And and uh, and the, and you can sort of understand why, even though sensible conversation, like Kevin said, is we could probably agree on a number, <laughs> just like with guns. I think we could probably agree on a compromise, but everyone's so worried if you give an inch, they'll take a mile. So I'm going to be an absolutist. I think yeah, and there's history behind that because yeah. <laughs> there is a lot of taking, you know, giving an inch and, and losing a mile. So you know, we, we uh, the, the biggest problem is that from a political standpoint, we don't have much trust. Well, I mean, there you go. Everything that's everything that has been, uh, well, I mean, any kind of. I look at my industry. I'll give two two totally bizarre, <clears throat> uh, r- bizarre sort of uh, examples in my industry. People used to trade on on the trading floor using trading cards and wrote the stuff down. And everybody, I mean, you had an out trade. It was a legitimate mistake. Nobody cheated. I mean, if you cheated, you were out of the business. It was the most honest people I ever met. Well, of course, a bunch of other people get involved and they say. Oh, this isn't right. This isn't. We got to change it. This, this, and this. Well, now the things, in my opinion, totally crooked. <laughs> people, people well, are looking at other people. The, the more you try and engineer fair, fairness, yeah. the more, the, the the more you have the ability for uh, for the crooks to prevail. Well, and the worst, the worst example. It's like the yeah. old thing with college football. Yeah. The rule or college, you know, co- regulating college recruiting for uh, sports. The you know the rules are only a problem for the people who intend to follow them. Well, and I think the, the example, the worst example, is you look at the Holocaust. And one of the I mean, first thing you see is you see this guy with a mustache, and he's a madman, and you see people going away in railroad cars. Well, I think everybody should at least give a little bit of a look to the winds of war, where Pug Henry essentially stayed in, in one of the Jewish people's houses. But it was so incremental. little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here. To, find, to every little piece, like it didn't hurt. Until so all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, but after seven or eight years, you got a you got a real problem. You got concentration camp, but that didn't start on day one. It was Jewish people not being able to uh, Jewish doctors couldn't work on Gentiles or regular Germans, or whatever you want to call them, or all of a sudden you couldn't own property, so everybody's selling their house and and moving into rental play. It was every every little law every six months. It was like a death of a thousand cuts till finally they got so far on the line they said, okay, I'll just go the whole way. But you, you could never have done, and I think that's that's the fear in this thing, Kevin. It, I mean, it's the Supreme Court probably did not make a bad call, but they they forgot to see what was going to happen. The last thing we want is is 50 states fighting over this every four years. 
Same way with, with the college. We're going to give somebody their likeness. Okay, in six months or a year, now we have organizations that are now paying people to play football at the school of their choice. So not only do we having colleges pay, they're not even paying people. Who would have thought of such a thing? It's insane. But yet that's where we're going, right? Yeah, I hear what you're saying, Tom, but I, I, I don't think that's the Supreme Court's job is to... Uh they have to. The Supreme Court's got to interpret law. The everybody, Supreme Court, everybody has Supreme to look. Court's at, job is not to make the uh, put the finger in the air and say which way is the political. Everybody has to. Do that. Everybody has to realize that, boy, this brick doesn't look like it fits in this dike. I'll pull the brick out. All of a sudden, there goes the dike. Everybody, everybody has to have some thought of what their decision is going to do to people. How do you? How do you be immune from that? Well, yeah. So let's go. So let's take that back to the people who brought the brought the lawsuit and say, did they do? You know, what did they do? Well, did they realize the implications of what they were doing? Did I'll probably they realize not. what they were putting at risk for something that you know. That but they're not supposed to be the nine. Be pretty damn legal. They're not supposed to be the nine smartest people in the country that have a lifetime appointment. Big difference. I mean, I don't think even forget about this one. Well, when suits. Their suit, okay, but, uh, their their lawsuit, okay, but uh, you know um, who who on the political side was uh, was supporting the lawsuit and funding well, it. F- forget about this case because, for a second. What about the? Because that isn't the average schmuck. Well, forget That's, about you right. know these are they're educated people too. Forget about this case for a second. Go back to the one where uh, the late David Souter. I, mean, I, you know, I don't know about, enough about Supreme Court to say whether he was good or bad, but he was there for a long time and he had kind of a sour look on his face. Well, the Supreme Court says. Uh, in in the Constitution, what you can't where's Lou when we need him? You can't take property unless for whatever. But there is an eminent domain clause in the Constitution, right? I I couldn't read it to you, but I know there's one in there, correct? Um, which means if if you're going to put in the Dan Ryan and your house is where the Dan Ryan's going to go, that the city of Chicago or whoever's got to give you a fair price of your house, and you can by the way challenge them in the courts and whether it's fair. But at the end of the day, they get to buy your house and they get to boot your ass out, right? But it was always for a, for any kind of a, a public works. When somebody brings a, a case where they're gonna they're gonna get rid of Kevin's house, but they're gonna put a Walgreens there. Well, now that's a little bit different because a Walgreens isn't exactly an expressway or a canal or something like that. So that goes to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court says, "Oh yeah, you can you can do that too." Okay. Well, the next day somebody somebody snuck on to snuck. How's that for a south side term? And the suitor's beloved property in Vermont puts a big sign in there, future home of Walmart. I, mean, I, I don't think they had any idea of how far that could go, where you could just take anybody's property whenever you damn well feel if somebody paid off a politician enough, they could just steal your spot and put up a, a car wash. I don't, think I don't think they thought that through at all, Kevin. It could have been their place. It could be your place. It could be my place. It's a, it's a big jump from... From an expressway or for a naval base to whatever you damn well feel feel like doing. I mean, I I don't know if they would thought it through, and I think they need to. Just saying. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But again, the, you, you know, often enough, the decisions are kick it back to the legislature and fix it. Uh, I mean, again, you, you know, don't don't make stupid laws if you don't. But, you know, if you don't like the implications the, of them. But the, but the, I guess what I'm saying is, and I'm trying to be somewhat. I don't know, probably so intelligent, maybe losing. The problem is, is that the, the, the thing was there because the legislature probably acted improperly in the first place. So if you kick it back to them, 
All they're going to do is say, is say, yes, we have the power to do it. Here, here comes the bulldozer for your house. That you, you can't kick. It's, it's no, like, when you kick it back to them, they, you say you don't have the power to do that, so it's back to you. You figure out yeah, what except, you can do. Except they did. They said you do have the power to do that. So you going and appealing, it's like, it's like uh, four wolves and a hen you know, deciding what they have for breakfast by, by vote, and then the hen demanding a recount. I mean, what's the point? So, hey, uh, real quickly, because you're going to kick me off in a minute. Uh, you're going to kick me off right now, probably. Um, you know, my interpretation of winners and losers uh, um, on the Republican side, first of all, I, I'm, I'm looking at the results now. Uh, Laxalt has uh, uh, almost a three-point lead in um, Nevada, um, 72% of the vote in. Ron Johnson has a small lead, a little over a percentage point lead in Wisconsin with 99% in. Um, Mark Kelly has a pretty good lead, only 63% of the vote in, in Arizona. So those are three of the four contested. And then it uh, looks like Warnock and Walker are going to go to a uh, runoff in Georgia, which will be the most obscene amount of money spent on an election uh, over a three-week period that you can imagine. With two probably uh, two probably the most least qualified people ever run. Yeah, the, the people you, 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 that nobody nobody really wants. Um, I, I would call DeSantis a big winner. Um, it, last night that uh, that he did, I, I think Trump took a hit. I was going to say um, you said that. I was going to say last night was DeSantis ten, Trump zero. Well, it was more like ten to two or something like yeah. that. Some of Trump's candidates won. But a, uh, a couple of his biggies did not, and um, and uh, so you know I I think um, you know we, we we keep fingers crossed. But you know I, I, hey, oh one other thing that I think come, uh, will come out of last night. I think it makes it more likely that Biden's going to run again. Oh God! Well, what are we going to what are we going to do? Give him a, a youth pill? Because <laughs> he's going to consider this affirmation. Oh God. And, um, well, what, what, and, well uh, before so you say that, where where are we in the Senate right now? Is Senate, it? it I, I would say it has a really, really good chance to be status quo. That it'll be fifty fifty. Well, if, well it all depends the, on Georgia, right? The Georgia, the Georgia runoff is going to be uh, for the for either fifty one forty nine or fifty fifty, just right. like it was two years ago. Yeah. All right. Well, Kevin, we'll talk to you later in a week. We'll talk some sports. SP Features only down 250 now, and NASDAQ Features only down two. So we're coming back. Be right back. Mr. Russell Rhodes. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. 
Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I didn't invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Hear ye, hear ye! The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air! Stocks, jocks, and jocks, stocks, and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. There's something happening here. Hello, and welcome back to Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tom Howe. It's Matt Weber on the board. SP Futures down four. NASDAQ Futures down five. We've been... As much as like 10 or 12 down and back to just brushing unchanged and we kind of sneak down a little bit. Russell, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm in uh, Miami, Florida, where I've decided to purposefully fly into a tropical storm. I want to see what all the fuss is about. <laughs> that, thing's heading, that thing's heading right for you, isn't it? I know it is. It's great. So, there you go. Remember, I chased tornadoes over the summer with my kid. I'm just doing this to make her jealous. Um, boy, she probably wishes she was with you. She, yeah, she's gonna because I I got a good view of of clouds just zipping by right now. Very exciting. Now I'm here for a a couple of conferences. One one of which is to talk about crypto. I'm really looking forward to that after yesterday. Wow. What did you? You know anybody who had the uh, what is it, the FTT? The, the the FTX token? Uh, no, I don't. Um, the only, the only, you know, the only thing I know about FTX is umpires. Yeah. yeah. Well, they were they and, were an exchange. Uh, remember back in the day, um, the Wall Street Journal did a uh, they, they did a thing on companies that would sponsor stadiums and how their stocks always did really poorly afterwards. Uh, I wonder if uh, slapping your name on the umpires is like a death wish as well. I guess. Well, those guys. What I mean, I, you know more about the crypto way more than I do, but. My, my my story on these guys was that they were a pretty big exchange offshore, right? And they had money, and they were, had, were able to raise money. And when these some of the firms started to have trouble with margin calls and so forth a year, year and a half ago, these guys were kind of actively bailing some of them out and propping them up, weren't they? Then I believe they went out for refinancing, I'm going to say four or five months ago, because you and I talked about it on the air, and the place was mm-hmm. valued at what thirty-two billion dollars when the financing, and uh, they they actually raised some, and then yesterday, if you, I you know I was uh, trading other stuff for people because we we're, were pretty busy, but I see that the one thing comes across CNBC that wherever this firm is, Benance or something something was gonna was gonna pick up a piece of their business, 
and immediately the crypto spun to the upside, like or when I say uh, Bitcoin, like fifteen hundred bucks. And then when it was revealed how much they were picking up for how little, like the entire non-U.S. business, and the U.S. business is a very small piece, so essentially picked up what eighty ninety percent of FTX for like next to nothing. And oh, by the way, their their coin went to like zero, which took two billion dollars there. I think the uh, what it turned around three thousand dollars in like twenty minutes. Or so. It was unbelievable. I mean, you, you you have a better view of it than I do. What do what do you what do you recall happening? Well, I I saw that and I saw how it bounced right off that right off of seventeen. It it hit. Um, I don't know what we call it a post COVID low yesterday. Bitcoin did. Yeah. Based on that liquidation, I'll tell you what it reminds me of is it reminded me of um, J.P. Morgan by Bear Stearns. Where Yikes. it's like, okay, cool, this is a good thing. And then when you start to look at it, you know, and remember the real the first offer for, for Bear Stearns was like 2 bucks, and then they had to up it to 10 Yep. after everybody started to scrutinize it a bit. Um, that, that's kinda, that, that, was, that reaction was, was what popped back into my mind, which then gets you going down the road on a whole lot of different uh, 2008 versus today analogies. Luckily, the one of the big differences is I don't believe that if all the cryptos crash tomorrow that it would take the whole thing. I don't really think it would have a big impact on the financial system. It's not like the stock market, you know, followed Bitcoin down in tandem yesterday. Um, no, but it's there's a trillion and a half, two trillion dollars of value still left. I mean, it would be, it would leave a mark. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, well, you know, what, that brings me to the same question I asked Kevin earlier. I've been sort of charting, you know, half-assed charting uh, some of these fangs and some of these stacks that are down a bunch on the year. But I haven't really gotten into the, you know, the, the snows and those kinds of things or, or shop and the ones that have gone from, you know, big, big numbers to very little numbers. But I'm looking at just the big ones. and I, I'm just I'm just totaling up. If, if I had, I, I had the fang plus here and I was about three trillion five since the first of the year. If you add, if you add Tesla to that, you're talking... Four trillion dollars in six stacks, off since the yeah. beginning of the year, and, and if you take another, you know, how many billion out of out of the crypto, someplace somewhere, this has got to start causing a problem for people. I mean, what, how, how can you just laugh it, it off? It's like real dough. Well, it's not. It, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not laughing. No, I'm not saying you are, but Bitcoin finance or the Bitcoin part off. But uh, if you know, it, it's I'm trying to think of a way of. Too early for analogies, man. But, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's basically it, two very, very separate markets. You know what I mean? There's not, the, the in, institutions don't have huge crypto exposure that's going to cause them to have to sell a bunch of other assets to cover margin calls on this thing. Well, I mean, I. It's just, it's just and that's a good thing. But, but no, somebody, I mean, I'd be more concerned about the stocks than I would about um, the crypto. The I, crypto I, I'm with you. What, what I'm saying is, the, the thing that has always kind of troubled me, oh, whenever something like this happens, Russell, and, and I think you're you're with mm-hmm. me on this, you never can seem to find out who the person is is going to be hurt, but you know they're there, and and if and if you you can just gloss over it. I'm not saying you are. But I remember in the uh, 2008 fiasco with the mortgages and stuff, I read kind of a post-mortem on some of these banks. Some of the banks that got their ass kicked the most 
were like regional German banks or people you never even dreamed would be, would be a part of something like this. You, I mean, you're, there were there were people in our in our in our country in the U.S. that I, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, that one thing we've never been able to do here, we never we've never allowed people to do, is that the banks use stock of other companies as good capital. Where in Europe and Japan they can, which is a big difference in how you value a bank. Um, we've never done that, with one exception, I believe, is I think a bank could use Fannie and Freddie Preferred as good capital, a smaller or regional bank. And then when the government took over Fannie and Freddie, I think a lot of those banks went under because all of a sudden they didn't have enough capital because they got they got spanked with with uh, their Fannie. Every time something happens, Russell, it's just for me. There's always somebody that I'll f- end up finding about, finding out about that I didn't even know had a problem. That does. I mean, Nancy, the lady, comes in and, and on uh, Monday she never talks out of school, but she has said she's given loans out to people, second loans on houses, in the last five years, three years, to, to the entire uh, loan went to buy crypto, Bitcoin. Now, just because you and I don't know these people. I'm just saying, there's no way $4 trillion comes off of people's balance sheets without somebody having a problem. Oh, yeah, I'm sure there are individuals that are going to have problems. I'm just, I was thinking about it from a financial system standpoint, which is how I think about all those things. Do I think Jamie Dimon's going to have a bad day? No. And here's the libertarian in me, and I know this is going to sound absolutely awful, but, you know, why would anybody think that was a good idea? Because it was going up, and because you, you couldn't get any money on your savings. Yeah. I mean, I, I tell you, I, I mean, Russell, you know that the one thing I, I do a little more of than you is, is talk to clients, and I'll tell you what, and I also, we're also regulated by uh, FINRA and people like that. And FINRA's view of older people and what you should do for them and what they should do for themselves is so different than what people who are retired and 75 years old think that they should be doing for themselves. They, a lot of these people, they can't get anything in a bank. Now you, well, now you can at least get a T-bill at 4.5% or something. Oh, that's, that's so recent. We're talking about people that saved up $2, 3000000 million and can't make a dime risk-free. For how many years has this been going on? The deal was, you're supposed yeah, to, sure. I mean, right? And, uh, so these guys, yeah, I, I tell you what, Russell, if you came out today, because by the way, everybody, really likes listening to you. If you came out today and said, the money that I took out of the market at 30, whatever the hell you took out on the, on the spiders at, at uh, 420 or whatever you said you took out, if you said, I'm, I'm, I'm putting that in uh, t- uh, turtle eggs in Botswana, I guarantee you I'd get four calls today. People are chasing, <laughs> people will chase oh, yeah, this, no, ret- people are yeah. chasing this return all over the place because you can't get, up until a few weeks ago in treasuries, you can't get any kind of a decent uh Risk-free return that keeps you up with inflation, and and that we we've eviscerated our population in the last fifteen years by doing that. I think. And oh now, yeah. And now it's smart. Totally hard. Go ahead. And I I just I, I I'm amazed there's not more outrage at it, but maybe we've just been beaten down so much. Um, everybody's just very accepting of the state of the world. Well, do you, do you think that, that they're allowed to leave their house once again? Do Do you think that the four trillion dollars in the last Year that's come off these stacks and be matched up by, by profits, or these people are going to be sucking Ooh. on this three thousand a year for the rest of their life. Uh, they're going to if, if they can pass it on, they're going to be able to pass it on unless they manage it properly. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's well, a 
I don't know where they would have the games to match it up with. But I don't. I don't see where they would either. Yeah, I mean, I, you hang on to it till next year, I guess. And hopefully, I don't know. Best. I am anything, and you can tell by that statement that I am anything but a tax expert. Well, I'm. I'm not either. Other than the fact I'm that not. I know the two things I know is you can't carry uh, capital losses back, mm-hmm. and you can't. And you can only write off three thousand a year, and that number has been the same. Since when I joined the front, the, the the financial world, and the, the Dow was eight hundred, and now it's it's uh, thirty three thousand. A number hasn't changed, despite Republicans, despite Democrats, despite whoever the hell walks through there, they will not change that number. So, to tell me these people are all so much different, and you got to vote for this guy versus that guy. To me, they're all crooks. I just they don't they, they'll never do anything to help you out. It seems to me. No, and we we need yeah we we talked about this one last week a bit, and and. The, the hamster in my brain always gets the wheel turning on certain things because the, the dead end we hit on it was who's got the incentive to try and increase that number? You know, because you've got to have somebody that has the incentive, and then they pay some lobbyists to go get to go get a law change that that's a logical law. But then when you go to get that law changed. Uh, it's it's going to be another one of those things that's only helping wealthy people out, you know, because they're the only ones that that try to avoid taxes through using losses like that. So the political will is just not there. Uh, maybe I, I was like, maybe the American Association of Individual Investors or somebody like that, uh, if they would take that on, maybe that could get fixed. But it, there's just it's in nobody's interest to fix that except you know the average American. Well, I, I'll tell you, I, I, I've talked to multiple people in the last, you know, multiple, multiple through the years that always had, had something in bonds or in, in savings account. One day, heard somebody on TV say, buy something, and they bought it, and sure enough, they're down 15 grand on it or something, and they got to they work it off for five years. Why? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it should be a million, but can't you raise it to like 50? I mean, or let's put it this way. The Dow's up ten times since then. Uh, actually, the Dow's up uh, uh, forty times, and then may raise it to one twenty. I'll be happy. One twenty or twelve? Oh well, no. I said the the it was when the Dow was eight hundred. The number was three thousand. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So now the Dow is what forty times more than that. Almost fifty, right? Yeah. So well, raise, that makes sense. Yeah. raise it. Raise it to one fifty. I'm not saying do it. Make it raise it to ten million, so every rich guy can get a, you know. Just saying. No, I think that's a, I think that's a much better number. Um, right. Plus, it would it would allow money to go to a better to in better places because that's what the financial markets are supposed to be doing. Yeah, I don't, I'm not but saying maybe. capital. Yeah, it would it would help with the facilitation of properly allocating capital to the entities that you want that, that are going to be able to grow that capital and do good things with it. So I have, a, I have a question for you. I know you do consulting for a lot of these firms, and I, uh, I'll tell you a stupid story. Um, back when I started at Pullman, you know, nobody had any computers on their desk or anything like that. But everybody, of course, needed you needed stuff to be able to do your job, correct? I mean, when mm-hmm. I say stuff, I mean information. So all well, these companies had massive computer centers. A lot of them were in down by Dallas or someplace because uh, the weather was more conducive. Anyway... Everybody, depending on what you did, you'd get this big stack of IBM sheets. Remember the stuff with the holes in them that were like a foot and a half wide, those things? Uh, the big computer runs that people would get in those yeah. days? 
Well, there were, a guy came by with like a big dolly, and he would drop whatever you did. If you were you were the accounts receivable guy, you'd, he'd drop this huge run on your desk, and that was the accounts receivable run. <laughs> and you went through and looked at it and called people if they didn't pay and all this other crap, and you made all the notes in there, and then it would go back. Somebody would redo it, rekey it in, and the next morning you'd get the, the next day's fixed up one. Well, some guy, I don't know if he croaked or what he did, but he wasn't in my department, but he was I could see his desk. He just was gone. And so the for the next like couple of months, the guy with the dolly came and just put the stuff on his desk. So finally after like sixty days, you couldn't see over the top of the desk where the guy was piling on the I mean like nobody knew what the guy did or what those runs even had, and I don't know if it made any difference. But that's that's one guy. So how how does Meta how are they going to lay off 11,000 people? I mean, somebody there yeah. must, must do something that if he's not there, you're going to notice it. What, what if you lay off the guy that opens up the front door? I mean, <laughs> how do you lay off 11,000 or, or Tesla? You, uh, well, you shouldn't, you shouldn't get to the point where you have the ability to do something like that first. <laughs> but, um, you know, the, the, the tech companies, I think people go to them and they have it's like a really fun place to be, and I'll bet you, even though it's you know, in, in you know, we can all have this vision of Silicon Valley places with free mission, you know, free food all over the place and free you know, video games, etc. I'm and I'm actually thinking a place that I work, um, and you got to assume that those people are getting about three or four hours of work in a day. <laughs> oh, really? So, okay. If that's a possibility, then that you know there, there's where your productivity is coming from. And these places have probably been so profitable, they haven't really worried about the expense line. And now, for the first time ever, as, as public entities, they've really got to worry about the expense line. But I mean, I'm just saying. But, but I, I, I I think the companies will probably run okay uh, with the downsizing. I, I went through a downsizing at Sebo, and we came through it quite well. I think Sebo is a little more organized than... I'm saying, I, these numbers are just mind-boggling. I, mean, Twitter, I don't think those companies are organized at all. Okay. I don't, I don't think they're... I've worked at places that are very... Like, Indiana is the most organized, best place I've ever worked in my life. And and I, I, they'll take me out of their feet first because of the way they treat their employees and just everything else. And I've worked at places where uh, there's a lot of dysfunction. They're fun places to work, but... When you know, when you have serious issues, nobody will step up or do any of the work. Or it's just, you know, and, and I have a funny feeling that that's the way it is at some of these Silicon Valley places that are, are able to suddenly lay off half their workforce and keep functioning. Well, I get, I just get this weird view because I, you know, I've worked in a lot of places before I became a trader. But if if you were Pullman or Allied or one of those places that I were, if you were an accounting guy and you laid off two people. Because God knows, for whatever reason, probably those two people were like doing something. So if you're the if you're the controller or the VP of finance, I'm going to come to you and say, Russell, I got to lay off somebody. You know, uh, Joe wants to take early retirement. We'll get rid of Joe. But by the way, here's what Joe did for us. And somewhere or another, you got to you got to parcel that out to you know Jim and Jane or something. I mean, somebody's got to do it, or else or else we're just going to assume Joe did absolutely nothing all day long, which I would hope nobody does. Uh, but how do you how do you even think of that when you with eleven thousand people? How do, how does anybody know what these people do and and what you're going to miss when they're gone? <laughs> it just seems like um, that's you know that that's 
in my experience, that's usually been the surprise. When management lets some people go, then they turn around and like, okay, well, that's nobody's responsibility. Yeah. Why, why can't I get in the front gate? Well, you laid off the you laid off the guy that opens yeah. the front gate. I mean, right? I mean, you, you run. Why, why is this Why is this garbage can so full? Yeah. Well, take no. out your own. Take out your own garbage. Yeah. Well, it's um, it's a that's a thought. I just when I see these yeah. numbers, it just it's just mind boggling to me. I've never never worked at a place with eleven thousand employees, and all of a sudden one day they're all gone. Yeah, and I you know I I don't know where they are physically, but you got to assume they're just all over the world. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, it's it's real easy to, to. I mean, I one of my buddies. Uh, I don't know if you ever met him? Well, someday you will, because he's moving back from Singapore. A dear old friend, and he's uh, he was one of these big. He would always work for one of these mega. Uh, well, he started out at Arthur Anderson, and uh, he's one of these mega places where they would do the uh, uh, the new software for like the you know the Turkish air control tower or something, you know, which is like a four year job, and everybody's got to be involved, mainframes, and you name it. And these, these international companies do this. And there's only a few of them. IBM's always involved, and Hewlett's sort of involved. But there's also there's foreign companies that are involved, and people from China. And uh, he, you, he said, when you get involved in these things, all of a sudden some company, they'll have a couple less big, huge things. You know, we're talking about they did, uh, they were the first group, the guys he was involved with. I think Transamerica was one of the first insurance companies to, to yoke all the different doctors and pharmacists and everything somewhat together, so they could all kind of talk to each other, and, uh, and and you know by digitally or whatever. Anyway, so but these are multi-year projects, and uh, all of a sudden they won't have they have like enough won't have enough, and then the, the dictum will come down from Finland or some damn place whoever owns the place will lay off like twenty percent of your people because it's really easy to lay off people in a country you, you've never been there, you never met them, just lay them off. <laughs> But if you actually know the person, it's a little different, more di- more difficult. Just saying. Yeah, I, I, I God, I'm really glad I've never been in the position where I had to deliver that one. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it would be. Uh, <laughs> well, what do you make of uh, um, the, now the, the the red wave did not occur? Doesn't appear. Ooh. Although the, although the uh, um, I, I'm going to guess the, that the Republicans still have a little bit of advantage in the House, don't they? Uh, they must at least. Want I think it. they're going. Aren't they going to win? I mean, I I flew in and got in at like two a.m., so my my head's a little foggy. But did they not win the? I knew I knew that the Senate was a toss up right now. If they're going to be fifty fifty or fifty one forty nine, but did they not? Um, did they not win the? Did the I, I, I Republicans think not win the House? It's not for sure, or, for sure. But I I, I thought they were. If they did, if they do, they're going to win it by you know three, four, five, not the the forty they're oh, hoping wow. for. I mean, maybe ten, but it's certainly not any kind. Of, and what's interesting, and I, as I've read two articles already, just kind of reading through them, where I'm, where I'm kind of talking to you and, and Kevin, is that uh, the the people who got clobbered were Trump's the Trumper the Trumper candidates, the ones that he endorsed. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it looks like a big win, win for the DeSantis wing of the Republican Party, and maybe a, a loser of the Trump wing. Yeah, I just, you know, I just wish Trump would go away. Oh, I do too. I do. And I and I feel like that's the way that ninety percent of people that identify themselves as Republicans feel. You know, I I judge myself as a libertarian, but that doesn't get you far enough in life. And I keep banging my head against the wall, praying that we'll hit the five percent, but we never will. So, 
um, I've got to fall back to the Republican side of things, which makes me absolutely ridiculously evil in some people's eyes. Oh, not but, me, not me. I, uh, I voted for, know. I voted for as many Republicans as I did Democrats yesterday. Yeah. Uh, I, I did see a survey, and you know, I don't know how valid it is, but it's one of those numbers that I definitely will believe that only about 15% of the Republican Party really considers themselves like MAGA Republicans. Uh, right. Yeah, and I happen, to, I happen to be close to a couple of them. It's a problem. Uh, I've got a whole lot of them down in, uh, in you know, the majority of the Rhodes clan is now in Alabama and Louisiana. And, you know, nobody, a lot of them didn't get vaccinated. So, that, I mean, they're, I'm, I'm probably, you know, one of the most liberal people in the, fam- in the extended family. Well, I don't. Well, I know them too. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, it's just, I, I don't. It's more of a. Well, um, Audrey has a, a cousin, and she, and she, she got got a boyfriend. No kidding. I mean, imagine that. So she. Mm-hmm. So the guy says to me, uh, um, and I just I just met him. Nice guy. He's a retired pilot. You know, he says, "Well, you know, I'm uh, very conservative." And I said, "Okay, well, that's that's cool." He says, "Well, you know, no, I'm I'm really conservative." And I said, uh, okay, like, where are we going with this? I said, I bet you're like a, a Trump supporter. And he goes, well, yeah. And I said, well, why do you like Trump? He says, that's easy. He hates liberals. He hates Hillary. He hates people coming across the border. And it, was, it, was, it was five things he said, and the four of them were hate. Started with the word hate. And I go, um, I go, well, that's four out of five hates. I can't, I can't really go there as my, as a guy that I, that I just, you know, but, uh, I you know Maybe I lost Russell briefly. He'll call right. He'll back. call right back. But uh, yeah, Matty, I'm, I'm I would like to see. I, I could vote for a moderate Republican or a moderate Democrat. I mean, I'm I'm in the middle or somewhere. I'd love to see somebody pile in there. Does that mean we're going to get somebody with uh, if Trump does wander away? And then I mean, maybe the Democrats learned a lesson too that they can't be so far on the edge. And that uh, all right. SP Futures down 19. As if you're down 68, be right back, Mr. Russell Rhodes. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas, and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know, all while exploring how to live your best life through music, spirits, food, sports, travel, fitness, and a whole lot more. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures. It's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into Wall Street's investment gurus. It's for mavericks who believe in life, luxury, and the pursuit of happiness. It's for you. Smart investors don't bet on possible Possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. 
PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and try to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification, or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks and, jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Down 17. There we go. Nasdaq down 66. Sorry, the button stuck. Oh, well, they, well, we got the board is older than you. Just saying. Dow futures down 162. Again, the uh, big uh, big mover in the Dow is Disney, down eight bucks, 91.88, which is the the straddle was exactly eight bucks. Eight bucks, Mandy. What do you think of that? How do they know? Just saying. <laughs> uh, over over in Europe, we've got the uh, DAX down 82.6 percent. Puts you down 22.3 percent. Kick around down 24.4%, so down, but not not, not horrible. Uh, Nikkei down 155, and they've been up 0.5%. Shanghai down 16.5%. Hang Seng down 198, a 1.2%, back down to 16,358. Again, these guys were under 20, then they were under 19. They finally, I'm going to say, I hope, bottomed out at a 14.4 print last week. I don't see them going any lower than that, but if they did, I think we'd be in real trouble. But so they're trying to make their way back up here, up like 2,000 points from the low. Bonds uh, up three basis points, or the 10-year rate up three basis points now to 4.16, went down one basis point, 2.25. Japan actually, well, they rolled over to 0.26, so they've up, they're up one in the last couple days. Oil down 76 cents, 88.15. Brent down 82 cents, 94.54. Natural gas down 18 cents, back under six bucks. 5.95. Arbob down four cents. 2.58 again. As we went, what was the guy today we drove by, Matty? 5.50. So it's three bucks. Three bucks spread between Arbob and what we're paying here in the city. It's it's uh, a little much. Gold down 8.30. 17.07. Still above 1,700 as of yet. Silver down 28 cents. 21.21. Copper down three cents. Six or 3.64. And this has been the story the last couple of days. I got Bitcoin bouncing all the way back here. 17,000. 42, only down 752 now, but yesterday was a wild day. They were, they ran up on this FTX announcement, then it came flying way back down, another back up some. I think they might have bottomed out around 16.5. I'm not positive on that, but the, and if any of you have the FTT, that's down 80%, so that, that's a big problem. And the U.S. dollar, uh, U.S. dollar is is actually up a little bit, but it was down a bunch yesterday. So we got the euro at, at one, one even, 
and a pound at 1.14. Matty, what do you got for us, Trevi Weather Sports? 35 minutes past the hour. Good morning once again to everyone out there. A couple of earlier crashes on the Dan Ryan Express lanes are all clear, so that's good news. Still working on that crash on I-57 northbound just before 103rd Street. That crashes on the left shoulder, uh, but expect delays around that area if you're heading inbound on I-57. Uh, earlier crashes on the Stevenson are cleared now as well, which is good news because the Stevenson was completely jammed up for the majority of the morning. Uh, but uh, those are clear. Only crashes in the area remaining right now are we have a crash on the inbound Eisenhower. That's I-290 just before St. Charles Road, exit 14. That's causing some delays. Everything else looking okay out there. Weather today, clouds early. Then uh, we'll see some sunshine later on this afternoon, a high of 68. Right now it is overcast and 52 degrees downtown. For our Phoenix list listeners, rain in the forecast and a high of 65 today. Right now it's mostly clear and 57. In sports, Bulls were off last night, so were the Suns. Bulls host the Pelicans tonight, 7 p.m. tip-off at the United Center. Suns are in Minnesota to take on the Timberwolves. Blackhawks were off as well. They're back in action tomorrow night uh, to take on the Kings in Los Angeles. The Coyotes did play last night. They beat the Sabres 4-1. Chief. The, uh, Russell, are you back? we have you? Sounds like we maybe don't. <laughs> I'm here. Oh, you're here. Hey, uh... <laughs> I want to, without giving um, specific uh, stack recommendations, which which we don't do, uh, um, I just want to... Buy GameStop. <laughs> Buy <Sorry>. GameStop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, I guess my more... That was a joke. I know. Everyone. Some, Everyone. Of, my, some <laughs> of my clients, uh, I mean, it's it's sort of interesting when you talk to clients. Uh, matter of fact, it's very interesting. They're good people, and uh, you, can, you can sort of tell that they don't spend as much time um, looking at, at the uh, market as, as maybe some of us do, but doesn't mean they're, they're not right on stocks because some of them really know stocks, individual stocks way better than I do. So I guess my question is, we have something like Amazon uh, that began the year at uh, 167 and it's now 89. Uh, we've got oil that started the year, you know, a lot lower and now it's way up here. Um, is, is, is there a time here where... We're going to say maybe if, if we were smart, let's put it this way. If we had the pairs trade on and we were short Amazon and long XLE, which of course I probably never would have been, never would have done, we'd be, we'd be so fat and happy we wouldn't know what to do with ourselves, Russell. Is it, is it time? I mean, I don't know what the, what the bottom is. Let's put it this way. I don't know what the bottom is going to be on Amazon. I mean, it could have trade 65, could have trade 50. I don't know. I'll, I'll tell you this. If I was short it, the entire year, I would cover my shorts here at the very least. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm nowhere near as you know uh, bewildered or, or, or down on Amazon at 89 that I was at uh, 169. Is it time for the you know the meta pluses, uh, which you, you can probably if you want to do that, you could probably do the Qs because they're probably still 45 percent of the Qs. Um, is it is it time to? To turn this bus around a little and say, you know, this, this oil's gone maybe as far as it can go. I think it could go a little higher, and I think these other guys could go a little lower. But um, are are we reaching a point to at least look at it and say maybe these things are a buy somewhere here? Oh, I think if if you believe that the economy will turn by the end of 2023, you ought to be thinking about tech stocks and you ought to be thinking about the Qs. And that and and really, when you start to see tech outperform. That really inconsistently outperformed for a few weeks. That's when I think we'll completely be out of the woods with respect to the equity market. Well, so 
that it so the, the you know you said is it is it time to start thinking about buying some of these? It is if you believe in the scenario that I just threw out at you, which is that you know the that somehow we'll get we'll start seeing growth in 2023 because you do want to be somewhat ahead of it, and that I you know you're not seeing again you're not seeing it quite yet, but. They're, they're, it's got sooner rather than later. It's going to be time to take a look at some of those stocks. Well, how bad? I mean, I guess you, I, I know. I know my biggest weakness by far is that I'm. I'm, I'm going to say um, I'm usually right, but I'm usually really early to the point where by the time yeah. I am, by the time I by the time I am right, <laughs> it doesn't doesn't do me so much good half the time. Which is you know, which is my own sin. But um, mm-hmm. uh, I just. How much if if we? I mean, Kevin was just talking about hiring has stopped in Indiana, and they were hiring monsters there for so long. Uh, mm-hmm. There's layoffs kind of coming all over the place. This recession, the stocks that are moving right now, and this, I'm not going to shoot them all in the in the, in the butt. Uh, stocks that are moving to the upside are those general generalizing here in real relatively con- concentrated industries that have pricing power. It's Kellogg's. Yep. There's only there's only a few cereal makers, and but guess what? They're all they're all able to raise prices more than the than the price of corn comes to them. I mean, it's I mean it, it's it's Home Depot. It's it's not necessarily Walmart because they have competition, but it's Home Depot. Yeah. It's Lowe's. It's it, you you pick the spot where where there's less competition. You look at refineries. The problem is not with oil right now. The problem is in refining capacity because these guys have artificially shrunk it, and they blame Biden for you know not letting. Not giving them enough, they, you know, we can't get back going because of regulation, and, and that that clearly is part of the story, maybe a large part of the story, but it's not the whole story. If we all mm-hmm. if we all close the refinery, guess what? We all make more money. I mean, we all know that. So, yeah. I mean, it, right now the game is to find the places that have the pricing power. McDonald's, your guys. I mean, what? Mm-hmm. It, I mean, you, you eat the same thing for breakfast every day. What are you up this year? Twenty percent? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they have, they, they have serious. You mean, pr- you you know, mean me, me personally, or no? The the price of your breakfast. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about you. If I was eating McDonald's every day for breakfast, I would be up twenty percent. Well, I'm saying yeah. you, when you do go, you've yeah. you've said you order the same thing. So, by the way, I saw you the yeah. other day. You look good. Uh, you don't you don't look heavy. So you look well, fine. Well, thank you, thank you. Well, and and I got just because we've talked about him in the program before. You know, we talked about that a little bit a couple other week, a couple weeks ago. Um, when they hired me at, at the Options Institute, uh, they did it without me ever actually meeting him. And um, I show up my first day in, in Bittman's across the hall, and I'm, I'm having my McDonald's for breakfast. And he looks at the McDonald's, and he looks at me, and he goes, you're going to need to lose about 10 or 20 pounds before we put you in front of people. Um, you're going <laughs> to... You might want to switch your breakfast habits. <laughs> First day. Oh, Bittman, He was. There was no filter on that guy. It was great. He he, <laughs> you know. he he was like your worst aunt in terms of. You, know, you ever have an aunt that had oh, no he filter? Was yeah, he had no filter. I, he was. He was my direct boss for five years. I I love the guy. I, I tell you what, we, I, I I would just you know roll my eye. It was just great. It was a fun experience for sure. I think. But yeah. First first day I went. If, could you imagine if I was female? Oh. And he said that to me. Oh yeah. God. Well, the uh, I, well, rolling in it. I told you the quick one. I don't know if Maddie heard this about. We had uh, well, some people who were affiliated with us at the time. Had seven, I think it was seven people from China in here for two weeks, from the agriculture mm-hmm. department at China, and they were they're all young people. 
they were interesting, although they were they were kind of creepy in a way. The guy was giving some lectures here in the office. We had a big area where we could do lectures in those times, those days. And he goes to the bathroom, and the guy stuck one of those what do you call the little things you stick in a computer to grab all the knowledge? What do you call it? The little thing you stick in there? Uh, a dongle. Yeah, what, what's I don't get when I'm looking right uh, at uh, a thumb drive. I mean a, a thumb drive. drive a thumb drive. Or, you know. it, it was down. It was downloading the guy's whole computer. <laughs> the guy comes, yeah. he comes out of the bathroom. He goes, well, "What are you doing? We don't do that here." Well, yeah, well, we do in China. Well, you're not in China, <laughs> anyway. Uh, so we yeah. we had a dinner over at the Buckingham Club, and there's like three tables, and and Bittman waits until there's you know it's like everybody's talking. So finally, you get a spot where like nobody was talking with like the big pregnant pause. And he goes, so yeah. how, how about that Taiwan? <laughs> and, of course, the Chinese people reacted like they almost spit up their supper. And, uh, and it, he, he boy, talked about hitting a nerve, but he didn't care. <laughs> no. so, so we had to talk about Taiwan mm-hmm. for a half hour. And one, one girl says, well, we, we think they're like the adolescent that's rebelling that will eventually either come back to the house or we'll have to, like, go get them or something. I'm going, well, there's the party line. No wonder this lady's yeah. making the trips. But anyway, he was a smart guy. But... Uh, but what what do you make of these these kind of turns? And I mean, th- these are turns that happen. You know, I've been here a long time, but they only happen every several years. Where all of a sudden, people go, oh, "No, we don't want fangs anymore. We want only want stuff that make money. We only have pr- pricing power." I mean, I don't know that, that Facebook has any pricing power. I mean, uh, so I can see why. That oh thing gosh, is. no. Yeah. No, they're they they're really um they're they're very much of a discretionary product if you think about it because they're an advertising firm yeah that's where, I mean that's what they are it's the same thing with Google um, whereas Amazon is uh, you know who also has some trouble um, you know they're, they're a retailer I should have known Amazon was in trouble when um, I heard that they were going around every day and asking people from some of the distribution centers if they want to take the rest of the day off it's been going on for a couple of months yeah, I, so yeah I, that, I, I think that, that right there is kind of an indication that business ain't going too well. Um, and it'll be really interesting to see how this this Christmas plays out for everyone. If everybody's if, all the entities that benefit from Christmas, if everybody is truly truly worried about twenty twenty three, and you got to assume the the concerns about the economy have worked their way down to to the people that don't pay as close attention as we do. Uh, I know one of the CNBC guys was talking about how his uh, his mother, who'd never paid attention to the markets at all, asked him what the Fed was going to do last week. Wow. Yeah, I mean, so everybody's paying a lot of, uh, you know, you talk about being early, and that's something that I, you know, I've been accused of by my wife is being early with respect that I'll say something about the market, and she'll go, you know, you always say those things about six months before they take off. Well, that's because you and I are paying a lot more. We're paying a lot closer attention, and we don't understand why the markets aren't reacting to what we think we know. And it's because the general public doesn't seem to know it yet. And that's about how long it takes to, for it to get to them. Well, the, so, just the idea you mentioned earlier about uh, 2023. All right, so, mm-hmm. well, okay, we're at the end of, we're talking, you're talking 14 months, basically, the end of 23. So we, have, yeah. you know, we have the younger talking heads that are making a lot of dough on CNBC. I'm not holding it against them; I'm just setting the stage. And they're talking about their idea of a recession, where we could be talking about like two weeks from now, 
like being out of the recession because it's that they're you know they're in the instant. I'm not saying anything bad about them, or maybe I am. They're in the instant gratification sort of generation. Not yeah, not, not bad or whatever because you and I a little bit were too, way way more than our parents. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think that if we actually start seeing people get laid off, start seeing people having problems, these housing prices come down, which I don't see how they don't, Russell. I mean, if there's any problems in that area where people start getting laid off and start having to move, and all of a sudden they're trading a 3% mortgage for a 7.5 just so they can get a job in another city, I, if, if, we, if, if we go down that road, and I sure as hell hope we don't, if we do, we're not talking about a 14-month problem. We're, we're talking about probably a multiple-year problem to work your way out of something like that, where these prices work their exactly. way back then. I mean, we're, you know, we're, not, we're talking, I mean, everybody would say, well, well, if we have a recession, three months from now, we're out of the recession. No, no you're not. I really wish they were right. You know, I wish I would be mm-hmm. a jockey in the fifth race today, but that's not going to happen. The, uh, uh, the, the other part of it is I don't think, I, I really don't think... <clears throat> Most of them know what the official definition of a recession is. Well, it's a... Uh, yeah, I, I mean, and, and the fact that we really don't... That, that we could have been in one for four and a half months, and, and we don't know it. Or officially, we don't know it. Well, you sure as hell know it if, if you're worried about your living check to check. But, well, I'm going to take um, a, a page out of William Kennedy's book, that if you look at different stratuses of the population... I'm going to say the bottom 55, 60% has been in a, de- in a recession for minimum since 2008. And, and, oh, I know it. And it, uh, there, there, hasn't, there hasn't been one year where their income increases matched their expense increase. They've, they've, they've gone downhill every single year. And now it's accelerating dramatically in the last three, four years. Now, no, I, 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 I know it just, you know, living vicariously through a couple of, of my southern relatives. That there's been a constant struggle, and I think that's. I'm, call, I'm called on to help sometimes. Yeah. I can't make my house payment. Well, I'm, you know, well, I'm just you know, I, I, if I if somebody dropped a lottery on me, you know, what what would I do? I mean, I I I do a little something, but I mean, basically, I I that money would go to other people. I mean, I once I get to what, what do I need? I mean, uh, I, would I get a, a newer truck? Probably. Maddie and I would. Maybe I join a country club and I can invite, I can invite Maddie over once in a while. That sounds good. Uh, but other than that, I don't need three. Lo- notice who was not. Notice who wasn't just not invited, Matt. <laughs> yeah. Are, are you? The only, the only way I can. The only way I can see him outside of radio is to just walk into his office or stalk the bar that he hangs out at. Well, at least you know where to find him. <laughs> so I, yeah, no, no. That's the, the, last, the last two times I've seen him. That's what I did. Well, I, you, him hey, what's up? Well, well, so get a load of this, uh, Matty. I see him. He, well, yeah, Matt, but, but, yeah. He's taking you to the country club, and I'm. Well, Matty, I, I, I know, I know, I know, Matty's a golfer. Are you? Um, I own golf clubs. Okay, when well, I didn't say you weren't invited, but I know <laughs> Matty would play this afternoon. I'm not so sure you would. So get a load of this, uh, Matty. Uh, no, no. I, I, I should play here because I'm in a tropical storm and, you know, maybe have an experience like the priest in Caddyshack. Well, I just hope you don't end up with some sailboat in your hotel room. No, I don't think so. No. So it's Matt, actually gone from sunny to raining to sunny to raining while we've been talking. So, Matt, this is what happens when you're nice to somebody. I go over to series the other night, one of my buddies in from out of town, who happened to you know, by the way, Roy, and uh, 
he uh so um russell walks in all dressed up in his suit and tie which you know we've never seen him look like that and i, I didn't say i didn't say did you get the I, did you get the loan i didn't say how'd the interview go i was nice <laughs> yeah, yeah see but I mean, now if you were in the cardigan and the pipe, then I would, you know, you're more like Russell to me. I haven't seen I anyone wear a suit and tie outside of a wedding in, in uh, a couple years. Yeah, what was that? Right now. Okay. <laughs> All right, so Russell, let's, let's, gotta, let's gotta, go. I got to go do some grown up business down here in Miami, which has become, I think, a bigger financial hub than Chicago. But go ahead. I, you know, I think you're probably right about that. Hey, uh, yeah. and, and, the, and the, but now, as you know, I mean, I'm, I'll be talking to clients all day today. What, what should we be doing here? I mean, is, is, are we all the stuff that's moved in the last week has been? As a matter of fact, somebody, one of my clients, sent me a list. God, since the beginning of the year, it's the hard metals are up. Uh, mm-hmm. Anything that has any sort of a defense tone to it. I mean, uh, actually, one of the groups I'm, I, I do some work with is the NFO Nigerian Family Office, and one of the guys in there has done a really nice job. And the, the, he does a few covered rights, but most, there's no puts, there's no protection. But he's 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 barely down on the year because uh, they, as soon as Ukraine got in, invaded, they took a lot of money out of the out of the high tech and put it in uh, these defense stocks, and they're all up. You know, so I mean, we we because I'm part of it, uh, we have done really well in a, in the long only area, and you know I've done very nicely in the protected area, but. I was really stunned. Mm-hmm. Instead of being down, you know, twenty five percent, I'm going to say these guys are down six, seven. You know, wow. I mean, it's it's serious good work. And uh, I mean, we're we're down a couple of percent only, but we're not. You know, it's not up, but it's we're down uh, because we did real well the last couple of weeks. But uh, you know, it's it's an amazing. But I don't know. Can you? I, I, why didn't everybody else take the cue? <laughs> I mean, what a what a what a smart move. Uh, but now are we are we? Are we talking about that kind of market here, where you need to be the next year or this the next six months? You got to stick with these oil stacks. You got to stick with the the uh, defense stacks. You got to keep pounding. I mean, you want you want puts at Amazon and calls at Lockheed. I mean, I don't. You know, I don't even. I honestly don't know these 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 changes. I see them happening. Like I'm always a little too early. But do you see a trade here yet, or no? Um, I I bought a semiconductor fund last week, and I know I'm early. But semiconductors tend to be, there are a couple of reasons that I did that. And one is they're, they're, they're so economically sensitive that if you are, you know, if you're looking at how beaten down they've gotten and you feel like the market, the economy is going to turn at some point in the future, then you've got a long time frame. That's a great industry. So, you know, that, so I'm, you know, we've, we've sat here and talked about being early. I know I'm early, but I just went ahead and, I'd rather be early than too late, I guess. Now, are you comfortable? Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm not. Maybe that's because I'm a, I'm always a, you know, I'm always going to be an OEX trader, I guess, 20 years. Uh, if, if I think that is going to turn, and by the way, we have some people in there that we've, we've uh, done something with, but I, I don't know enough to pick a company. I, we, we got, some, we got people in the SMH, which is the, uh, mm-hmm. the, the index. That's, I mean, that's, that's exactly what I would do. You know, that thing is volatile, that index. Boy, it's been up and around. Okay. It moves like 10 bucks in a week. Yeah. We're constantly rolling puts and calls in there. But we're, we're doing okay. I mean, but I, I, I don't know enough to pick NVIDIA or Micron, like, on their own. It would just be me. I'd pick the, the wrong stock, and uh, the rest of it would go up, and the one I picked went down. I mean, so I, I'm more that's, of a, that's what, Honestly, that's why I pick a fund. 
right there. So uh, in, in that area, because I do know the technology has changed periodically over time, and they're new winners, etc. I just rather I just know that the industry does particularly well, and I know when it does well, you know, when it tends to rebound. Well, I uh, and I'm, like I said, I'm probably early, but we'll see. My this is my kind of last market question. We'll talk about something else. Uh, in the oil area. Like I said, most of the people I have in there, I got I have in the uh, XL8, which is the oil piece of the S and P 500. If, if I could, Russell, and again, I might be too late on this one, not too early. I probably would like to get a basket of refiners more than I would, you know, drillers and stuff, because I think that mm-hmm. I, I think the the refinery is refiners are the one are the guys that are, you know, on purpose or illegally or legally or something are kind of shrink in the industry and the spread now is in the refinery it's not in the it's not in the oil itself i mean i don't i don't know if there's an index i can do with that i really don't trust myself to go start picking individual refiners for people i mean the one one of my mm-hmm. buddies said you should get in the which one of the marathons is the refinery piece and the other one's a station piece or something i guess you could you could get in the refinery piece and i and i'm thinking what is is, is chevron the one that's more um what's the other guy the uh we got a couple stations here in the city. There, it begins with a V. They're big refinery, refinery people. Valero. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe, would you, would you take a shot on one of those guys instead of the XLE? Which something? But I, I, I'd be real reluctant to do that. But I mean, I no. Um, Energy wise, uranium. Yeah. That's I mean that, 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 I don't I don't make main portfolio changes, but that's what I did last week. I basically switched over into semiconductors and switched over into uranium Which? because you can see it just out of um, sur- necessity to survive. Um, we're going to have to turn to nuclear energy. Well, wouldn't you, wouldn't you like to hear and, from some and, politician? And, I mean, eventually, eventually, people are going to just turn up the you know just say look. And in like even in a even in Japan, the majority of people approve now of nuclear energy. It's like a, just barely over fifty percent. After that last big accident, it was like in the low twenties. Yeah, and yeah, you know, it, it, it's like it, it, it's it's very similar to what I've said about ESG a million times. ESG is a great nice to have, but when it comes down to you know making returns or you know surviving day-to-day, ESG is not going to be your primary focus. No, I, I'm, wouldn't, wouldn't you like to see a pal? Maybe we could do it. Who knows? We'll, we could run for dog catcher. Wouldn't you like to see a pal, st- a pa- a pal stand up and say, here's what we're going to do, guys. When we're getting these electric cars mm-hmm. and electric everything else, we're going to, in the next 10 to 15 years, because we know it takes a while, we're going we're gonna to spot the area with these new, way safer uh, nuclear plants, and there are some, because Carl talks about the ones that are solid sodium or liquid sodium or whatever that you can just... Anyway, there, there's been a lot of advances. We're going to increase the electrical capability of our nuclear side and wind and solar along the way as that stuff improves. We're going to take... Uh, we're going to add, you know, 40% to our... Cert- or 50% to our capability with these new places. And by the way, when they do, 10, 15 years from now... We're going to gradually cut back on gasoline cars and trains and other things, diesel trains, and we're going to do it with one. I, 
in, in one complete plant. We're not just going to tell you to stop your stop the gas cars, but oh, by the way, tomorrow you can't plug your electric in, in because we don't have any power. I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't it be nice to hear that from somebody? Well, you know who is doing that, and he doesn't get a whole lot of love for it, is Warren Buffett. Uh, they, the, the, like the Occidental Petroleum purchase that, that he's basically made, they've got a whole Berkshire Energy Division, and they basically plow all the profits from the bad stuff into coming up with better solutions for the good stuff. And that's how you should do it. Yep. You know, you shouldn't penalize, you shouldn't overly penalize the bad stuff. You should allow us to continue to run off the bad stuff and wean us off the bad stuff, off the gasoline, etc. And that, that's, so there's a company that's doing that, and it might not be the most profitable thing in the world, but that's what they're doing. Well, hey, take care of yourself, brother. And if you see, you betcha. If you see the eye of the uh, hurricane coming right at you, you might want to get in one of the bottom floors. Just saying. Man, it looks like I mean, these clouds look like they're in a NASCAR race. This is awesome. Oh god! All right, S- on, on, on S- the yeah. S&P down nineteen. The S&P down sixty-five. Back tomorrow, stocks and jacks. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. I guess we learned not to do it again. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI ProDirect. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.